Creativity alone just won't cut it. The C Word is a podcast about when creative meets business. You're in a place for designers who want a creative business in which they're valued. Great client relationships, work to be proud of, and the moolah to show for it. All with your sanity and creative mojo intact. Join me, Beck Hughes, your creative business cheer squad, for weekly chats to inspire and spur you into action. Let's challenge the BS, the shoulds, the fads and the FOMO and find what works for you. A standout brand is pointless if no one can find you. In episode 68, which was the last episode on the podcast, I shared my thoughts on standing out in a crowded market, which is something that I talk about day in, day out with my clients, with my brand strategy clients and with my creative clients that I work for in a mentoring capacity, because standing out is a key thing. And I focused on the four opportunities as I see it when it comes to standing out. And they were innovation. So as a creative talking to your unique approach and how you do things, that both sets you apart and gets the results that your clients are looking for. And that becomes believable for them and it becomes compelling for them. Desirability, so a design and a brand style that makes a statement and talks to people's desired self-image. They see you and you look and behave in a certain way and you create design work that looks a certain way and achieve certain results and they say that's what I want for myself their ego kicks in and that drives them to want to connect with you then there's relevance and relatability a clear and defined niche that makes you the big fish in the small pond and then the fourth thing is cut through so leveraging your personal brand to connect on a human level having the barbecue conversations so that's standing out But as I said at the end of that podcast, there's almost no point in working on, focusing on these things if you can't be found, seen or heard. You can create an amazing standout brand, have an innovative approach, be desirable, have a clear niche, create cut through with a personal brand. But unless you put it out there and you make steps to be seen and be found it's really a pointless exercise. You're pushing S-H-I-T uphill. So like I said, last time we were talking about standing out, being appealing and distinctive, which is essentially what brand is about. And this time we're talking about standing up, putting your head above the parapet and getting noticed. Because you can create this amazing brand, but then you've got to market that brand. I've tried hard in my business to find ways to be seen and to build profile that felt like no effort at all, that didn't put me outside my comfort zone in some way. And to be honest, the bad news, I think maybe it's the bad news. It's not the good news necessarily, but it's the news, (laughs) is that to be seen, if you're not a natural parapet peeker, if you don't naturally love putting yourself out there, To be seen, you have to go outside your comfort zone. But the good news is, when you do, nothing bad happens. I'm going to talk about this magic little framework. It's not a formula. It's a framework. And you've got to do the work. Formulas, to me, are when you just 
do some really simple steps and somehow you get these miraculous results. It's not a formula, but it is a framework for you to invest your energy and invest your time and invest your thinking around how are you going to put your head above the parapet and be seen. And it's made up of three lovely little V words, which are visibility, value and volume. And this is quite a big topic, so I'm going to split this across two podcasts. So this first podcast is going to get into visibility, and that's a big, chunky one. And then in the next podcast that follows straight on from this one, I'm going to talk about volume and value. So these two podcasts are to be listened to together, or at least one follows the other. So the three V words, I'll just top line what they are, what they are to me in this context of being seen and being found. So visibility is where you share your message to be seen. Like where are you showing up? Volume is then how frequently you share your message to be noticed. How often are you showing up? That's a good one. I'm going to be interested in the responses to that one. And then value. Value is the content of your message that gets you listened to because you can be visible and you can turn up the volume, but if you're not sharing something that people want to hear, it's just noise. They might tune in once or twice, but they won't tune in too many times again. So let's talk about visibility first. Of course you need to be visible, duh. (laughs) Duh. But the irony is it's one of the things so many business owners do fall a little bit short on, I think. And I don't exclude myself from this, by the way. These are my learnings. So by having learnt it, it means that I have fallen over with it. And I continue to fall over with it, actually. You know, cards on the table. But I'm constantly learning. Because visibility is the biggest opportunity with the most scope to find what works for you. One of my biggest frustrations, and I'll be honest about this, is the over-reliance on social media. I see creatives posting and posting, but gaining absolutely no traction. And it's quite upsetting because I know the energy that goes into that, the thought and the heart behind that post day in, day out, and how disappointing, frustrating, soul-destroying even is when that seems to be getting no traction and not getting noticed. I'm just going to lay it on the line and say you have to do more than social media if you want to increase your visibility. If you're posting regularly and you're creating reels and still don't have that three plus month pipeline, it's because you're not reaching your audience. You're invisible to them. And if you're not getting much traction in terms of engagement or your engagement is other designers, big red flag, and you're not doing anything else to support your visibility, then it's time that you did that. It's time to rethink what you're doing. So today I'm going to break down some of the most effective ways of amplifying, pumping up your visibility. And I'm going to suggest that you do at least 50, maybe even 75% of these regularly in your business. So as you listen to me, maybe choose about six or seven of these things and start to plan out how you're going to dedicate some real time to them. And you know what you could do? You could take some of that social media time and you could put it into this because I 
pretty much promise that you will get some traction from it. There are a few components to this, which is where are your audience? What appeals to you and your skill set? And then what aligns to your goals and what resources do you have to do it effectively? So when you start to think about these visibility tactics that you can employ, think about them in that context. Where are your audience? What appeals to you and what do you want to be doing and what aligns with your skill set? What aligns to your goals and what you want to achieve in your business? And what resources do you have to do it effectively? Don't choose something that's going to be a massive drain on your resources. Don't choose doing a podcast if you can't put, you know, a couple of hours maybe even into that every couple of weeks or every month. So the first one, and I've spoken about it before, the first one is networking. I am not, I'm not out of the house three times a week, whining and dining and rubbing shoulders with people. I'm not like a prolific networker, but I do it in a strategic way and I commit to doing it fairly regularly. So for more on networking specifically, you can listen to episode 63. I did an episode about rebranding networking because I think there's a perception of what networking needs to be, but I think it's much bigger than that in terms of building great relationships and community and conscious connections, as I called it. And my main message in that episode, aside from how valuable networking is to growth, because it's been hugely valuable to me, is that it's not, like I said, it's not that cringy event where people give their elevator pitch and they exchange business cards. Networking can look like lots of things. And in that podcast, I reframed it, like I said, as conscious connections, connecting with others in an intentional way. So it can be events, but it can also be Facebook groups, Zoom coffees with people that you like the look of on Instagram and you just reach out and you say, do you want to catch up? In-person coffees, whoa, going actually out and meeting people or business networks, online or in-person business networks or conversations in your DMs where you start to build those connections with people. There's lots of ways to network that isn't rocking up at a big event. The second one is masterclasses and online learning, teaching people how to get a quick win, filling a knowledge gap, solving a problem. So the beauty of these is that you could record a masterclass or an online mini course and then use it ongoing as a lead generation tool, as a lead magnet. So you might do lunch and learns, you might create a Facebook group, but you start to look at ways of using your knowledge and building a community around that. Then there's podcasting, number three. So that's podcast guesting, which is a massive, massive opportunity. I might have said it before, but I would say being a podcast guest is probably second or third on my list of the main way that I get clients. So that's referrals, SEO and podcast guesting. They are the top three ways that I find new clients or new clients reach out to me. So podcast guesting is a really great way to build your visibility, to be seen. There's also doing your own podcast, which is another great way to build your profile, to build a community, to share your knowledge, to test your message. 
but there, I will say there is a bit of work in doing a podcast. So look out for podcasts that align to your audience. If you are a branding expert in health and wellness, look for podcasts that talk to those groups of people. Think about podcasts that they might be listening to as a business owner. But like I said, don't underestimate what's involved in your own podcast. I would definitely start by being a guest on several podcasts before you dive in, just to see how you enjoy it and how you feel about it. Or maybe even record a couple of podcasts, you know, sit with your mic and see how it feels to you. The fourth tactic for me around building your visibility is guest masterclasses. So I spoke about your own masterclasses, starting to build visibility by offering lunch and learns, masterclasses, maybe a Facebook group, but then there's guesting. So this is a very similar kind of strategy to podcast guesting because you're accessing someone else's audience, you're adding value to that audience, so you're elevating your perception and you're positioning yourself as the expert. So this is about offering your services to teach in your area of expertise to the communities of others. And trust me, people who have communities, who have memberships or groups or coaching containers are often looking for outside input, other ways to expand their community's knowledge base. And they love to bring in experts. So this works in two ways. You can either go and approach someone and offer this service and then that becomes a lead generation opportunity. You give your time, but you will increase your visibility in return. Or it's a revenue generating opportunity if you're approached. I've been asked by community leaders to speak to their groups, to their members, and I will charge for that. Not a huge amount, but I'll go and I will charge for my time to share my knowledge. Guest masterclass is amazing. And the thing about guesting is you're doing it to a ready-made audience. You haven't got to create the audience. So when you create your own podcast, when you do your own masterclasses, when you publish your own blogs, you've still got to create the audience to consume that content. Whereas if you guest, if you do it for someone else, then you're immediately accessing their audience. So you've cut out a huge chunk of the hard work. Similarly, speaking events. Designers speak at events. So the amazing Emma at Emanate, she spoke at the Jumbled Online event last year. There are plenty of designers who go and speak at business and small business events. I've spoken at events about standing out, about naming, about brand voice, either in the local community, for local councils, or for other business owners who host events. There are opportunities if you look for them. And it doesn't mean standing on a big stage either. It can be online speaking events or it can be smaller groups. But you need to look for those opportunities. And trust me, designers do speaking events. I think there's a misconception that no one wants to hear a designer talk because it's a very visual thing. But you can make that talk very visual too. Number six on my hit list is blogs. So creating a regular blog of your own has lots of benefits. Like anything, when you're articulating your thoughts, it helps you build out your message. When you start to talk about different facets of what you do, what your perspective is, what you believe, it starts to help you build that message and add weight to it and add the meat to the bones and work through that message a little bit to refine it. 
it's a great content creator. So blogs spin off to lots of other things. I've spoken before about the content concertina. You might turn a blog into a carousel post, several reels into a mini live. You might turn it into a freebie even if you expand on it or if there's an aspect of the blog you're talking about, which is a template. So there's lots of expansive things you can do to create more content off the springboard of a blog. It supports your SEO, of course, which is all about being seen, being visible. SEO is so important. Blogs help position you as an expert because you're talking in depth about a specific topic. And guest blogs, because there is always the opportunity to guest as well as to produce your own blog. Guest blogs get you in front of new audiences, like we've talked about. When you guest in any way, you're accessing that community. I think my biggest tip when it comes to blogging is don't overthink it. Choose a keyword, thinking about SEO, write down your topic around that. So expand it around a question or something that people want to achieve or a problem they might be having. Note down the four or five key points that answer that question or explain that particular point or solve that problem. And then write a paragraph on each. So you have an intro, a conclusion, your four or five points as paragraphs, and you're done. It's a blog. It's not your life's work. You're not writing war and peace. And blogs don't just have to go on your website. There are other avenues for blogs. Like Medium, for example, you can go and publish your blogs on other platforms to increase their visibility. So you might repurpose your blogs on your website and put them on other platforms. And that leads quite nicely into PR because part of PR is getting articles published, but there are lots of other ways of approaching PR and getting your story out there and talking about your perspective. You know, if you're a member of a community, look for opportunities for member spotlights or opportunities to go on panels and talk about your experiences. These could be your life experiences as well as your business experiences. So PR in itself is a huge area that you can explore more and understand how it can apply to you. This is about finding platforms to share your story. So you need to understand what about your story is interesting to others. What has been your journey as a business owner? What have you learned? What's driven you towards a particular niche or an audience that you work with? And then looking for opportunities through other platforms. Like I said, panel guesting, member spotlights or articles that you can write for other publications and other platforms. The next one is sponsorship. Now, someone that I know very well in the business community, let's say, who is based in Sydney, recently shared on her Instagram that she had sponsored an event in Sydney. First time she'd done it with her business. And I'd be interested to know what her experience was of that. And it might sound like a mad idea. Another creative I know sponsored a local private school event. And they got several inquiries from business owners that were parents within that school as a result. So sponsorship isn't about putting your brand on a Formula One car. This could be looking for local opportunities or small business events that you could sponsor or even podcasts that you could sponsor. So sponsorship is something that isn't often thought of, but 
done in the right way and in a way like if we go back to the beginning of this section of the podcast where we talk about it needs to align to what you value, what your goals are in your business, what feels good to you, where your audience might be, finding those kind of very authentic sponsorship opportunities, I think is something undercooked, overlooked. The next opportunity is email marketing. Do you have a list of past inquiries or a freebie you've had downloads for and now you never stay in touch? They're sort of sitting there dormant in some email list wondering what happens next. I'll be honest, I always am. (laughs) I've struggled a bit with email marketing and finding a way of doing that myself that fits with my energy, my message, my resources, you know, what I can do, what's available to me. And a weekly sales pitch, essentially, wrapped up in in a meaningful message, just didn't work for me. It felt forced. Why would someone want to receive that email? I just couldn't get my head around it. But this year, I've been sharing a monthly email called The Brand Brief, which is all of my musings about brands in the wild, case studies, interesting insights, great design work that's piqued my interest and that I feel like sharing because I'm constantly seeing those things. I am often seeing things happening in the marketing world or reading books or listening to other podcasts. So it comes very naturally to me to have an opinion on that and share that. There'll be lots of things over the course of a month that I can talk about. And for me, A, I love doing it and B, I know that it adds value. I know that there is interest in that. Case studies for me are one of the most important parts of being a brand strategist, seeing what others are doing out there in the business world and taking learnings from that make you a better creative and a better consultant. So I found my way of doing email marketing that works for me. It's also monthly because I couldn't do it weekly. It was too much. With having the podcast and all the other things that I want to commit to, that weekly frequency, that volume level was too much for me. But doing it monthly is great. It's a quite a long email but it doesn't crowd someone's inbox. They just get it once a month and they can read it during the course of that month. It's like a monthly subscription. It's like a monthly magazine. So that works for me. So it's finding in all of these things, exploring it, trying it and finding what works for you. The next one, which I think is number 10, is SEO. This one for me is a non-negotiable. Do not underestimate it. Like I said, after referrals, SEO is probably the biggest deliverer of clients to me. And then there's the guesting aspect of things and then there's social media. So SEO has become a really important visibility tactic slash strategy for me and it's a source of clients. And it isn't something I've always invested in. I've probably only really started thinking about it properly in the last 18 months to two years, but I have seen it make an impact. So spend time on this and I would suggest you invest in a great SEO strategy. So go and find someone who does this for a living. It's not something you can do on the back of a fag packet. I suggest you do it properly and you do it well. Get someone else to audit your website, create a keyword strategy for you based on what you want to achieve and put some proper energy into it. I've actually got a podcast guest coming very soon on this topic. I can't 
wait to share it because for me SEO is such again a big opportunity and it's not as complex and as technical as people think to get started. The next one is paid ads. This is no longer about boosting a post of some nice work. I do quite often see creatives investing in awareness advertising so sharing nice work and I I'm sure they get some followers from that and they get some attention but I wonder what the actual ROI is. Are they mainly getting follows from other designers, I wonder? I don't know. I don't have the stats on it. But something in my gut is telling me it's perhaps not the best investment for them. But that's not to say that paid ads done right aren't. It needs a strategy behind it, though. For me, I think when you've got a small-ish budget, If you focus on lead generation and have an email sequence that sorts out the tire kickers quite quickly, that's a good investment of your time. But like with anything, paid ads is something you need to test and tweak. But if you're not investing big money, the awareness ads might not be getting the audience you need. And granted, the lead gen ads too, they can get you a lot of tire kickers, but I think you've got to be strategic about that and work out how you sort out those tire kickers pretty quickly. Maybe your ad isn't leading to a freebie. Maybe it's leading to a tiny offer, a template or something that just has a few dollars attached to it. So you know that when someone engages, they've got some skin in the game, as they say. Okay, the next one. This is quite a long list. Like I said, visibility is something you can really play around with. And you can explore what works for you. Don't say that I haven't given you loads of ideas here, (laughs) because I think I have. Okay, so the next one, collaborations. Collaborations are the best. So this is cross promotions, joint events, packaged offers, doing lives with someone, community creation alongside another business owner, a complimentary creative, Instagram takeovers. It's a great way, again, there's a bit of a theme here. It's a great way to access new audiences. But it also creates a village. Like it's nice to connect with someone else, someone who's in the same boat, and share resources, share communities, share ideas, share some of the discomfort that goes with pushing yourself into the limelight. So doing collaborations with someone you trust, someone who's aligned to you, is a great way to build visibility. Having someone alongside you can feel a lot less daunting. So look for ways to collaborate with your community. The next one is connecting with past clients. Again, I think a little bit overlooked on this one. So just checking in can suddenly push you top of mind and a past client might suddenly start talking about you more or refer you to someone and go, oh yeah, Oh yeah, I was talking to someone recently about needing a brand. I should mention you to them. Or they might suddenly remember they've got some work they need to get done or it might prompt them to get that thing off their list. You can take that one step further and mention to clients that you love referrals. That might prompt them to go and talk to someone else about you. Or in the spirit of collaboration, you could access your client's community. Ask them to talk about you in their newsletter or you could create some content for them, or even present a masterclass to their clients. You know, you might think of other people in your community, other connections you could make, but clients also have a community, have the ability to talk about you, have channels in which they can talk about you. 
And if they've had a great experience with you, they will be very happy to talk about you. And then finally, number 14, because I won't discount it completely, there's your social media strategy. And of course, this is a big visibility channel. And it's a cluster of channels, actually, all by itself. So not only have you got all the ways you can leverage it with posts, reels, stories, making sure that your profile is searchable and optimized, doing lives, all the things you can do on social media, you've also got all the different platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, threads, if that's still going. (laughs) So thinking about, again, coming back to the beginning of this, where is your client? What aligns with your skill set? What aligns with your goals as a business owner? And then finding those platforms that work for you and leveraging them, but leveraging them in a strategic way. Because social media, more than anything else, needs a strategy. Remember, this is where you share your message to be seen. And to be seen, to be found, is the important part. It's not a box-ticking exercise. Well done me, I shared a post. I did my stories today. It's not about just saying you've done it and then sitting back and waiting for the tsunami of clients to come to you. You need to go where your audience are. Share what you think they'll be interested in. And keep testing that. Do it with outcomes in mind, but also protect your energy when it comes to social media. Find what works for you and do that. So that's 14 big areas that you could have a good dig around in and see what helps you increase your visibility. And if you just go straight to number 14 and keep plugging away at that, then you've missed the point of this podcast. I would suggest you try all of these and see what works for you. And you should give it a red hot go too before you decide that it's not for you. Because doing it once, going, oh, it didn't work. No, it's not for me. That's not giving it a red hot go. Now keep listening because in the very next podcast, I'll tackle the remaining two Vs of being found, value and volume. So don't go anywhere. Maybe I'll allow you a quick loo break and a minute to make a cuppa, but don't stop here because the next episode, episode 70, will complete the puzzle because visibility on its own, it's just not enough. It needs to be supported with the two visibility amplifiers is what I would call them, which is volume and value. So I'll chat to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Beck Hughes Branding. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Penguin Music on Pixabay.